August of last year, we had a video of Brandon um, walking for the first time in over eight years. So at the age of 10, he had hip surgery and he got rehabbed and he never got out of the wheelchair after that hip surgery. So from the age of 10 until the age of 18, when he started seeing us, he was in a wheelchair. And so the parents started seeing us. Of course, they're skeptical because the physical therapists, which are great people, by the way, this is not a bash on PTs. I hope you hear my heart there. But the physical therapists were unable to get to get him to get out of his wheelchair and walk. Okay, that's just what they reported to me. And they've tried many other therapists, same thing. So they come to me, they see a Facebook ad and they're very skeptical. And they say, can you help my son walk? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know anything about your son. I'm going to do my best. Okay, well, within three months, um, he was walking independently. And I actually got him on video doing it for the first time in over eight years. And so the video went viral. We had over 150 million views, national recognition, news channels, all that stuff. Um, but But it started with a parent's skepticism and it ended in their kid 18 years old walking now as a matter of fact he was able to go to his favorite concert the jonas brothers hi i'm pete mccall and welcome to this episode of the all about fitness podcast i have to be 100 percent honest about something here that voice you heard in the beginning the guest for this podcast did something that i don't think any other guest on the podcast has done yet He actually made me tear up one or two times throughout the conversation. The guest for this episode is Daniel Stein. Daniel is the founder of Special Strong. Special Strong works specifically with special needs kids. Now, before I go into a little bit more in-depth introduction for Daniel, the reason why I was interested in this, and and just to let you know, Daniel reached out to me via LinkedIn, I forget, some time ago. He, He wanted to reach out and connect. I can't remember if he had a question or, or a comment or something, but we connected through LinkedIn and I thought he, what he was doing was so unique and so so needed in our industry that I, I kind of started following him. I followed him on, on a couple platforms and just started paying attention to what he was doing and, and it finally decided I needed to, to give him a voice. And that to me is one of the things I love doing about this podcast is, is giving people a voice and an opportunity to share their message. And I don't have the topic of this of, of our discussion today about special needs and about fitness for special needs. I personally don't have much connection to it. I've been very fortunate in my life. To my family, we've been very fortunate. I have a, I have a close relative that's had some learning disabilities. You work through that. What struck me though was, was my experience during college, and specifically in college football. I went to a small school in Southern California, the University of Redlands. And I was on the football team. And notice, notice I said I was on the football team. I didn't play football. I, I was there for academic. I, I had a top 10 GPA and I had a top 10, uh, top 10 weightlifting ratio, but that's a whole other conversation. But I was, I was on the football team for two years. And the interesting thing is we, a part of our football team, there's a local kid who lived in the community in, in Redlands, California. Local kid, and I don't know, I don't, I don't, and frankly, it doesn't matter. The kid was, he was a special needs kid. And he was, a, he was a mascot for the football team. This kid hung out. He would come to practice. He was probably at practice earlier than most of the players. But he would come. He would hang out at the field house. He would come to practice. Jeremy was his name. If anybody went to University of Redlands you know, in the 90s and beyond, they're probably very familiar with Jeremy. Jeremy was a special needs kid who hung out with the football team and hung out with the football program. 
And he absolutely loved the players, and the players loved him back. I mean, we included him as part of the team. He would come into team meetings. He would come into the locker room during halftime and after the game. And the coach, you know, Coach Maynard and his entire team, staff of coaches, really included Jeremy to be a part of the team. And it was amazing to see how that kid responded and how that kid lit up and just the smile on his face when when players would come off the field and give him a high five or you know he'd bring a you bring one of the starters a thing of water and and the hugs he would get from the players and and dang it I'm tearing up again thinking about it but that to me is what we need more of right now and, and that's why you know what I had other things scheduled for this to release this interview I was going to post it back but it was such a powerful interview that I wanted to put it out there forward because this is true you know when I when I saw Daniel's message come across the fitness industry does a and part of my French, but the fitness industry does a piss poor job of working with this population. They really do. I mean, the fitness industry does many things great, but when you look around and in my experience, and I think about, I've worked. I work for the YMCA here locally in San Diego County, and yes, we do. We do work with some people that are that are have different abilities that are mentally disabled or mentally challenged and have special needs. But when you look at commercial fitness centers. There really is, in my experience, there really is a, a severe need to reach out to this community, to reach out to the special needs community. And what little I've seen in different people in the gyms over the years, there was, you know, I've seen various people working out in various facilities with, with different needs. I see them get better, not necessarily stronger, fitter, all the things that you would, you would normally attribute to the fitness, but I've just seen them come out of their shell. We need to do a better job of being more inclusive for everybody. And I mean everybody, including special needs. And if we look at that, if we took that approach just in the gym of, of embracing people that might be a little bit different than us, that might have different needs. If we took that approach in the gym and carried it out, I think we'd have a significant impact. The introduction for Daniel, Daniel Daniel's background was he deals with, he has some special needs himself. And he found, Daniel found that by playing sports, it was able to regulate his emotions. He was able to regulate what he did. And along the way, he found fitness. And at some point in time, you'll hear his story, he got the idea to become certified to help other people work out and help, help other people achieve their fitness goals. And in the most powerful, in one of the most powerful moments of his life, it was suggested to him that maybe he take his focus and, and work with people like him, people with special needs. This is a really cool conversation. You know what, folks? Normally, I do an ad for the stuff I'm doing. If you like All About Fitness, the only thing I'm going to ask is reach down, subscribe. I try to put out four to six episodes a month. Some are full-length interviews. Some are short, quick fit tips. Hit subscribe. Give us a like. Let other people know. I'm an independent content producer. Reviews are lifeblood. So with no further ado, this is a fascinating, a fun, engaging conversation with somebody who's really doing some important work in our industry who is really doing some important work for others in our community, and that's Daniel Stein, the founder of Special Strong. Today, we're talking with Daniel Stein, the founder of Special Strong. How are you doing today, Daniel? I'm doing great. Loving the Texas heat. We're at 110 today. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Well, Daniel, I want to say thank you uh, for your time. And for listeners, I really, I just was telling Daniel before I hit the record button, um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm recording. So just sometimes I get nervous. I look down, I'm like, make sure that red light's on. Uh, but, but I was telling Daniel, Daniel reached out to me a number of months ago and just a ping, we, we connected on LinkedIn and I saw what he was doing and I just thought it was such a cool thing. 
that I put them on my list of, of potential interviews um, for the podcast. So, Daniel, what is what is Special Strong? Can you give us a little bit of background about what Special Strong is and why you started it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll definitely tell you what it is, but I'll, I'll kind of share my story and why I started it. I, I really saw a big problem in this industry with special needs and ultimately started this company to fix the problem. So when I was four, I was diagnosed with a learning disability. And immediately I was recommended counseling, therapy, and medications. And that, that was the best option that I had at that time. And so my parents were smart and they said, we need to try and give our kid an outlet. So they got me involved in sports. I started playing soccer, football, you know, all the different sports. And I, I wasn't a great player, but I excelled physically. In other words, I felt good. And my performance in the field was having an effect outside the field, in the home, in the school. My behavior was getting better. My ability to focus was getting better. And so all of a sudden, this learning disability, was it really a disability after all? Or did I just, maybe did I just need an outlet to help it? So fast forward, and my parents, as I got older, they got me a gym membership to the YMCA when I was in middle school. And so I started working out on a daily basis. I'd, I'd ride my bike up to the gym, work out at the YMCA, come home. And this was, let's see if anybody remembers this. This was when the YMCA had... Um, a point system, and it would count all your weights, and it would count all your reps. I don't know of any gyms that do that now, but it motivated the heck out of me because I would go up to the kiosk, and I, I was trying to get on the leaderboard that had lifted the most weights. And so in my mind, like, that's the goal, right? If you're going to the gym, you're lifting as much as you can. Like, that's, I didn't know anything about fitness, but that's what I that's what I tried to do. And that was motivating to me, and I fell in love with fitness. And so high school came around. I pursued fitness as a hobby. Um, I started working out, um, in more commercial gyms and, you know, just kind of learned street fitness is what I like to call it. And then after high school, you know, um, I, I wanted to get certified. I knew that I wanted to make a, make a living doing what I loved, which is fitness. And I was very hesitant to get certified because I wasn't a good test taker and I was scared because of that learning disability. And so I put it off for years. And then one day in 2011, uh, I had a mentor encourage me and he he just gave me vision. And he said, Daniel, he said, I can see you getting certified. Not only that, I can see you working with kids that have other disabilities like you have. That's what he told me. And so I got, that was, that was fuel. That was the fuel that I needed. I got certified and fast forward many years later, I started my company special strong um, to service the special needs population, mental and physical disabilities. We provide them one-on-one uh, -on -one fitness training, and group training. And it's unfortunate that there's really no other services out there for them. Um, but yet it's, it's truly is a, a solution for what they're looking for. It really is just like it was for me. Well, and that's what, when I saw your information, Daniel, and when we connected via LinkedIn, it, it kind of blew me away because it was one of those aha moments. You know, I've been, I've been in working this industry for a long time. I've done a lot of things in it. And I realized that you're absolutely 100% right is we have not done anything specifically to address the special needs population. I mean, you have the Special Olympics and you have other programs out there that, that are working with this population. But when you look at, at what the commercial fitness centers are doing and you look at, at what you know fitness in general is doing, this really is an underserved population. What's been the response? When you start working with, with someone in the special needs community, what is their response when they first get introduced to exercise? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, their first response is they're very skeptical. And I, I say it's unfortunate 
um, because they've never seen anything like it. So in their mind, is this going to actually work? Can my kid actually do this? All those types of questions. And so thankfully, they give us a try. Now that we have an established brand, they can trust us now. And they do give us a try. And I could tell you countless stories of, you know, just one that comes to my mind is in, in August of last year, we had a video of Brandon um, walking for the first time in over eight years. So at the age of 10, he had hip surgery and he got rehabbed and he never got out of the wheelchair after that hip surgery. So from the age of 10 until the age of 18, when he started seeing us, he was in a wheelchair. And so the parents started seeing us. Of course, they're skeptical because the physical therapists, which are great people, by the way, this is not a bash on PTs. I hope you hear my heart there. But the physical therapists were unable to get to get him to get out of his wheelchair and walk. Okay, that's just what they reported to me. And they've tried many other therapists. Same thing. So they come to me. They see a Facebook ad and they're very skeptical. And they say, can you help my son walk? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know anything about your son. I'm going to do my best. Okay, well, within three months, um, he was walking independently and I actually got him on video doing it for the first time in over eight years. And so the video went viral. We had over 150 million views, national recognition, news channels, all that stuff. Um, but But it started with a parent's skepticism and it ended in their kid, 18 years old, walking now. As a matter of fact, he was able to go to his favorite concert, the Jonas Brothers, um, many months later for his birthday. And that support was actually raised by all the community that saw his video. They actually paid to get him front row tickets for him and his mom for his birthday. Now, he wouldn't have been able to have done that without walking. So that's one story of many, many others, many other stories about kids not not being able to get employed, not being able to work jobs, getting employed for the first time in their life. And so it's it's just it's not even a big deal anymore. It's just so normal in our culture. These types of miracles they just happen all the time now. It's, and it, it should be, it's, that's the way it should be. And it, here's what's happening. Their potential is getting unlocked. That's all it is. The potential has already been there. That's always been in them from the very beginning. Nobody saw it. Nobody knew how to unlock it. We just happen to have the tools to do that. And we use strength and the, we, we empower them with the strength and confidence to do that. All right. Sorry to cut in here. But I am super excited about this. I've been planning this for a while. I'm getting ready to launch it soon please check down below in the show notes. Yes, I've been promoting my book, Smarter Workouts, through the podcast. But starting soon, I'm going to be doing in-home training using Smarter Workouts. I'm putting up together a six-week workout program, a six-week home exercise program, where I will be coaching you via Zoom of how to do workouts from the book, Smarter Workouts. The price is still being determined. I'm looking at pricing a little bit less than $200, So it's going to be 18 sessions over six weeks, three sessions a week. If you can't make the live session, they will be recorded. You will have access to that. What we will do is we'll go through different workouts each week, and I will teach you how to progress the workouts on your own. Think of it as about 80% of a workout group and 20% book club where you can ask questions. You can get feedback about what you want to learn about designing exercise programs. And since we'll be doing it via Zoom, I'll be coming into your house. I can help you learn how to use the exercise equipment you have much more efficiently. That's going to be the Smarter Workout Small Group Training Program coming soon via Zoom. Check below in the show notes. Go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's PeteMcCallFitness.com. Sign up for the mailing list. I will send you a chapter of Smarter Workouts, and you'll be kept up to date 
on the small group training programs. Hey, what a great way you can get in shape and learn how to exercise on your own all at the same time. So all you got to do is one six-week workout program with me. I will teach you how to design exercise programs that work for you and your body. Now let's get back to the interview. I have to tell you, man, I mean, I've been doing this a long time and you're making me tear up. I mean, I've seen that video and just thinking about that. And really, I'm thinking about how many, how many, how many parents are out there dealing with a special needs kid? How many adults are out there that are, you know, differently, you know, differently abled? And all they need is someone to, you know, kind of pick them up and boost them up and just say, you can do it. I mean, just like your mentor did with you back in 2011, right? I mean, how powerful how powerful is that, Daniel, to, to be able to just to have somebody in your corner that says, you know what, I believe in you, you can do this. It is so incredibly powerful. You know, one of the things we teach in, the, in our certification program is the power of words, which is what you're talking about, Pete. And really it's through our words that we're able to speak life into someone and it causes them to believe in themselves, just like I did in 2011, when somebody spoke words of life over me and they said, you have what it takes, you can pass the certification. Well, now I've got about six accredited certifications and I didn't even think I could get one. Okay. My, the potential was always there. Somebody needed to speak life over me and get it unlocked. And that's what we do in our services. And that is, I mean, how, so when you did that, you went from just getting your certification to now you have a company and, and I saw that you're doing your own education programs. What's your reaction to this? I mean, in terms of how this has grown, is this something that you thought would happen or is this something that just is you're kind of uh, you yourself are taken aback and how this has been able to manifest, you know, over the course of your career? Yeah, so it's a great question. So, you know, from the very beginning, we created uh, we had a very clear mission, a very clear vision. Um, I was always bought into the mission, but a part of the vision that I created was global um, fitness and education. And I never bought into the global part. Never. I never did it. Uh, I never believed it would be global uh, or even as big as it is today. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, the only reason that we decided to go global through our franchising and our education, a lot of that was because of Brandon's video that went viral. I didn't quite understand the magnitude of the problem because here's the thing. You can't find data on a lot of this stuff. There's not. You can go to the, the consensus bureau and find a lot of good data. It's really hard to know. Uh, stuff like this. It's, you can find general stats, but nothing, nothing very helpful in my opinion. And I didn't quite know the magnitude until Brandon's video went viral. And we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people all over the world calling, emailing, LinkedIn messages. And they all had the same question, which is, how can I get your services where I am? And it, was, it broke my heart to literally tell all of them the same thing, which is, there's nothing I can do for you right now because I'm only in North Dallas. And that's when the global reality became a reality. And I, I said, you know what? There's a global need and we're going to become a global company. And that's when we decided to become the franchise. And that's also when we really decided to start to scale our education program to empower other people to work with their own clients who have special needs. Well, why is it, do you think, I mean, why, Daniel, do you think the fitness industry has overlooked this population? Oh, yeah. I mean, you said you're a member of the YMCA and I'm sure, and I, and I teach at a YMCA locally in San Diego when they're open. Um, that's a whole other conversation and I'll get to that and how you, how you're, you're dealing with the, the current situation. But I really do think it, it kind of occurred to me that, that you have such a thing here. I mean, yes, you have the, the USDA, the, the, or sorry, the ADA, the Americans with disabilities. So fitness centers have to be set up for people that, that are differently abled. 
But really, why is it that you think the fitness industry overlooks this population? Yeah, I think there's many components to it. Um, I really do believe that. Um, I think one of the biggest components is um, people lack the patience. And I, I know that because I've, I've spoken with many, many other professionals, fitness professionals, and they say, I could never do what you do. That's what they say, because they see my videos, they know what I do, and they say, I could never do it. They don't have the patience for that. And I, I can't necessarily fault them for that because um, I don't believe that God created us all to work with the same types of people. I think that we all have uh, heart callings that are for specific people groups. I really believe that. Um, can, you know, can I interrupt one second here? And I'm going to let you continue because I'm, 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 hearing, I'm hearing what you're saying. And I'm just thinking about many, a lot of the customers that remember, or clients I've worked with over the years who you tried to give them advice. And, you know, they want to lose weight and then they turn around, they go home and they have a bottle of wine or they eat the entire thing of ice cream. And you want to talk about losing patience. As a trainer, sometimes you lose patience with your regular clients who don't listen to your advice. And in watching your videos, man, I would have personally, I, I think there'd be so much more patience for somebody that's working through one of these difficulties or one of these challenges that, you know, it's different. If I go out and get in my BMW and go home and eat, you know, a bucket of fried chicken. You can smack me, you know, you have a right to lose patience with me because I'm not listening to your advice to get the results. And so I really think it's really, I mean, I just, it occurred to me how ironic that statement is, right, of how many times do our clients not listen to us, yet here you are catering to a population that is going to do nothing but hang on your every word. Is that, is that been your experiences? They're so, I guess they're so overwhelmed by the fact you want to spend time with them. I am sure they, you ask them to do something or suggest something, they probably do it to the T, Correct. Would I, am I wrong in that? Um, unfortunately, yes, you are wrong. It doesn't work okay. like that at all. That's actually one of the reasons why there is a challenge with patients is because you can tell, at least you, when you tell that client who's drinking wine and to lose weight, at least you can tell them that. And then mm -hmm. you, can, you can see how they respond and you can get an idea. Okay, they're understanding and they're just choosing to not listen. With our clients, the types of clients we work with, many of them are nonverbal. So how do you even know, are they listening? And you maybe you have to show them 10 different ways how to do one exercise. So a lot of that comes, people get frustrated. Nobody, I mean, people don't like to repeat themselves and show the same thing over and over, especially if you've been working with a client who, you know, as you're expecting the clients you've been working with, they, they get it right away. And then suddenly you start working with a people group who don't understand it right away. And they don't know how to communicate properly. It's really a communication issue. And as a result of not knowing how to communicate with this population, frustration takes place. I think if there was more education around how to communicate with them and actually treat them like human beings, not less than, because that is often also what happens. But if you talk to them like real humans, they'll actually start to respond like real humans. But the people who don't figure the communication piece out, it's kind of like a marriage. It doesn't work out a lot of the times if you don't know how to communicate, right? And you get frustrated and you just give up. It's no different in a marriage as it is in this relationship. It's just a different way of communicating. And how have you learned? I mean, what, what, what have you done and how have you learned? Obviously you have experience yourself, you know, having gone through it, but, but what have you done, Daniel, to kind of really coach yourself up and develop that system or, or that skill set of being able to communicate? Yeah, it's a great question. So I've surrounded myself with people way smarter than me, way smarter. And so one of those was a ABA therapist, one of the top ABA therapists in Texas. Um, ABA is Applied Behavior Analysis. 
And that's just a really fancy way of saying um, communicating with special needs, specific, specifically autism is, is a big one. Uh, but behavior analysis is analyzing the behavior and learning how to respond to it appropriately to maybe change that behavior, right? It's all about communication. So she was a such a huge component in educating me and I took her education and, and applied it into the fitness realm. And that's how our certification program was created. And that's also how our system was created with how we treat our clients and how we communicate to them. And it's worked really, really well. You know, um, as a company, we've never had any injuries, zero injuries to date. And um, we've I, there's only been a few times when we've had really, really severe meltdowns. It doesn't happen often. It's literally only happened maybe twice in our company where we, we do fail at de-escalating the meltdown because meltdown can happen. It can be anything. In my case, um, a, a large plyo box dropped in the same room that I was with in my with my client. So loud bang, nothing I could do to control it. And he went ballistic. Now, nobody got hurt. He didn't get hurt, but he had a major meltdown and we had to take care of that. But, you know, it doesn't matter how, if you don't know how to take care of that situation, when something like that happens, you're going to be in big trouble. And so I was able to use those ABA principles and techniques to do the best that I could to manage that situation. So um, again, it's, it's all about the communication. And, and I should have asked this earlier and I apologize, but what type of special needs and what type of abilities or different abilities do you work with? I mean, how did you start and what have you evolved into? Yeah. So it's really stayed the same since we started. Um, it's, it's really, it's been the same from the very beginning. And we, we work with many different types of clients, anywhere from, Down syndrome, uh, cerebral palsy. Uh, We've worked with traumatic brain injury clients, stroke victims, uh, autism, of course, which is a big one, Um, wheelchair users. And then we've worked with many who have very, very, very rare conditions. When I say rare, it's, it's probably like one in a million rare. And so we're even able to service them because we have such a strong training program. It's designed to be inclusive. So we're not just for autism. We're not just for Downs it's an inclusive program and it works. And so, um, yeah, that's just a short list. There's many others, um, that, uh, if I thought hard enough, I could probably think of more, but really any kind of mental or physical disability, we see more mental than physical. Um, uh, but that's, that's kind of the, the scope of it. And that's so, I mean, that, that really is powerful. And what is, you know, as you say, we, how, how big has your organization grown the past few years? I mean, you started in 2011 with a certification and, and what have you grown to over the last number of years? Yeah, so we started, it was just me when we, when we started. And, um, you know, before COVID, we were as high, we had a team of eight. So that consisted of myself, several te- uh, several uh, key players on the leadership team, and then several trainers. And so, yeah, that's, um, that's just one territory that we're in right now. We're just in a small little area in North Dallas. And so as we expand through the franchise, you know, our team is really going to grow a lot bigger because we, uh, we're going to be servicing a lot more footprints. That's pretty, that's pretty powerful. And where do you, I mean, kind of, where do you see yourself in three to five years? I mean, obviously this is a whole, a whole population of people that need this kind of, again, the, what I love about it is you're encouraging them to get out. I mean, this is a population, Daniel, that really just not many people take a vested interest. And, and I just think of, of how powerful it is to have somebody in the gym who, you know, they, they might have a different way of communicating or a different way of processing information, but they can still benefit from exercise. Yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, as far as where we, we see ourselves in the next three to five years, you know, we just launched our franchise program in April 
of 2020. And just this month alone, you know, we've had over 10 people uh, wanting to invest in the franchise. We just had somebody yesterday from Hong Kong. Oh, wow. The day before that was Canada. Uh, many months ago, Australia. These people are wanting the entire country. And we're not going to, we're not interested in international franchising right now. That's outside of the five year vision. But within that first five years, you know, we're just going to do slow, steady growth because we're in the, we're in the infant stages right now. And there's, there's a huge interest in our services right now, especially for the franchise. And the hardest thing right now is selecting the right people because we're, we are going to only start with a select number of people. And so I've had to have many hard phone calls where I, I call, I call the prospect up and I say, Hey, you know what? You're not, you're not the right fit for our, for our first five or our first 10 uh, for the groundbreaking uh, franchise, you know? So we want to get, at least by the end of the year, we want to start with between five and 10 franchisees. And then within the next uh, three to four years following that, at the minimum, we want to build we, our company. We want to be the first ones to build the inclusive facility, which will be a build-out facility. We already have the, the floor plans floored and everything. It is incredible. You've never seen any gym like it. And you're going to want to leave your gym to go work out there because it'll service you too, Pete. You'll be able to work out there. You're not going to feel weird being there. You're going to fit right in. It's going to be awesome. So I expect you to get a gym membership there. So, <laughs> hey, if you build one out in North County, San Diego, I'll definitely take a look at it. And why would you be so selective? I mean, what, what, would you be, what are your criteria, Daniel? And I, and I respect the fact that working with this population, because when you take a look, if you look at, at, the, at the top list of, of franchise models or franchise businesses out there, fitness is really represented. And a lot of popular, a lot of popular fitness companies are franchises that are doing real well. So the, you would think that, hey, you're trying to get in on the action and trying to grow your business to, to generate income. But why would you be so selective at looking for franchise partners? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, at the end of the day, this is this is my baby and my clients are like my kids. And so if I'm going to hire a babysitter. I'm not going to just let anybody be a babysitter for my kids. And I treat this business the same way. This is my baby and I'm going to have a babysitter that's managing the baby, right? The business. And they've got to be the right babysitter. Um, otherwise, you know, I can take anybody's money all day long. It's, it's easy. It's easy to take a check and put it in the bank. But once you're married to somebody for five years, breaking up with somebody, that's a little bit harder than taking that initial check. That's way harder, actually. And I don't want to have to do that. And it may, at some point, it will probably happen. There's no perfect franchise and there's no perfect candidate. Life situations happen. Things change that are uncontrollable. COVID-19 happens, right? But my job is to protect the brand. And we've got to find people that share our core values and that, that are going to be able to be a part of our culture. And so I've said to date, I've probably said no to collectively two to three million dollars at this point. Um, just just the amount of leads that we've had come in. And some of them I don't even call. If I don't like their if I don't like their bio, I don't even call them. They may have I had somebody recently had a half a million dollar net worth, lots of money. I didn't even call. I didn't like what they wrote. And it was it was only one sentence. And I said, you know what? If you don't have more time to, to write a, a decent quality sentence and you, you don't you don't deserve my time and you don't deserve to be a part of this culture. So I didn't even call them. And it, it's got to be the right person. If somebody's passionate about applying for a job, they're not going to do a half assed job. Right. They're going to do everything they can to get into that place. If you're going to go try and apply for a company like Amazon, you're excited. You're going to do whatever it takes, whatever they say, you're going to do it. We're an Amazon for the special needs population. And that's how we treat it. Uh, no, I love that approach. And, and just to kind of go off of my own little rant here, because I really appreciate, I, I appreciate exactly what you said in terms of if, if you can't take the time to formulate a well thought out letter, don't hit send. Yep. You know, I can't tell you how many people, I, how many emails I get 
for people trying to get on the eat, trying to get on the podcast or pitching or through LinkedIn. And they start out with, Hey Pete. And it's like, I remember I, I got taught to write business letters by saying, dear sir, or madam. Like if I didn't know you, Daniel, I might re- reach out to you and say, Mr. Stern or, you know, dear Mr. Stern or dear Daniel, you know, not, Hey Daniel. So I, you know, I've given up, but some, some, I don't even respond. Some I type back, you know, Hey, I type back, Hey, is not an appropriate way to begin a, begin a sentence or begin a letter, you know, and said, I'm not interested. You know, I just, I just, I just, we still need to have some decorum in our society, right? If, if I haven't met you before, I'm not going to begin with, Hey, sorry, that's, that's my little rant. You know, it just, but I like the fact that I just want to say that because I love the fact as a business operator, you're taking that, you're putting that level of effort behind it and you're not, you don't want to just go chase the dollar. I think that says something very special about you. Yeah, I appreciate this. You know, I never got into this for the money, although money has followed as a result of me delivering great services to my clients, but I never got in it to become a millionaire. Um, again, I, I see the reality of that becoming true um, in the future. And it's, it's, it, it is very motivating to me, but I see stories like Brandon and I compare the two and I've just drawn more of those, those aha moments that Brandon has. Those are just, those are what make me come alive more than anything. And the money's nice. I love having the money. I love having n- nice cars, being able to do nice things. But that money is also an awesome tool because with the more money I have, I can I can do more things like build my our first inclusive facility. It, it takes takes a lot of money to do that, right? So um, so yeah. Again, it, it, the money is has not been my number one motivator. I think if it was, I may kind of get caught into maybe some of these other fitness franchises that come and go because they kind of take anybody that has money. And how do I know that? Because I actually did, I did a lot of shopping. I, I actually went in as a fake buyer and I called many different top fortune 500 franchises. And I said, Hey, I've got an, I just had an inheritance of many, many thousands of dollars. I want in. And it was interesting. You know, I never talked at all, but somehow they were, they qualified me that I'd be the perfect candidate for their franchisee, but I never said anything to them. All they knew is I had money and no words they presented the whole time. And literally by the end of it, they said, we can tell with your background, you're going to be the, you're the perfect franchisee. Let's go ahead and get you out for our team day. But you don't know anything about me. You don't know anything about my family. Do you even care about me? You see the dollar signs. And that's unfortunately, that's, that's how many industries are. We can't be that way. We never will. Uh, No, you hit the nail on the head. And I think you, you see this over, uh, you see this last few years has been this explosion of franchise models in our industry. And yeah, they're not like they're people. People are coming in where they don't have an interest in fitness. They have an interest in making money. Right. And to me, I have a fundamental issue with that. And, and I appreciate that, that in our industry, we need people that understand economics and understand finance and understand that. But we also need people like yourself with the passion to serve others, because whether you're working with special needs or whether you are working with that overweight, you know, overweight person in the BMW, you still have to have the passion for caring about others in order to be successful in this industry. Because when I've seen people come in and just it's all about the money, they burn out and they just they, they go on and do something else in a few years. You know, has that been is that kind of been your experience from from your time um, being in the fitness industry? Yeah. And, you know, I'll be honest. Um, I was very when I before I started Special Strong, I was at a large uh, gym called Lifetime Fitness. I'm sure you've, you've heard of them. And um, I did very well there. Um, I was a top one percent uh, revenue producer for the entire company. So that was uh, at the time there were about 3,700 traders. So I was in the top 50 and I was, I was money hungry. Here's the thing. I was not doing what I was passionate about. 
And I loved my clients, but I wasn't fired up about them. I wasn't fired up about their results. Um, and so I became very money hungry and I got really, I, I was rewarded financially for that, but I was so burnt out and I did not have any life at the end of the day. As a matter of fact, it got so bad. I'm, I'm literally at the peak and making as much money as I possibly can as a trainer, close to six figures as a trainer. And I'm in my car crying in between clients because I'm so miserable, but I'm making awesome money. And I only had half the component. I had the drive because I, I, the drive got me to top 1%, but I didn't have the why. I didn't have the passion behind it. And then when I started Special Strong, it was the best of both worlds where now I have the why and I have the passion. So the profit and the, the, the passion for the clients come together. And that's when you're not feeling like you're going to work every day. You're not looking at the clock. When am I, when's this day going to be over? That never happens to me ever anymore. And I'm, I can, I put that on my deathbed. I never do that ever. It is, I don't even, sometimes I don't even call it work because I love doing it. When people say they want to retire, I laugh. I'm like, why the heck would I want to retire from this? I love what I do. I love my clients. I love building the business. Why would I want to do that? And I get to do it with my wife. She also helps me a little bit in the business. And it's fun. I mean, it's just, that's how life, I feel like that's how God created this. It, it's supposed to be this way. We just have to find out what that is for us. And if it's not working with special needs, find a way to find out who it is. Um, I, I don't think, yeah. No, finding your why, I think is key. I mean, anything, and maybe maybe your why is making money so you can afford nice things with your family. And if that's your why, well, you know, good on you and, and pursue it. But I but I love the fact that you come back to finding that drive, finding that why. Now, I want to shift gears just a little bit because you've referenced your, your education program. And I want to ask about it because I was looking I was looking on your website and I saw that you have the CBSC training model. And I want to ask a little bit about that, about what that is and how you develop that. Yeah, that's a great question. And so, you know, kind of going back to before, you know, I've hired a lot of people that are a lot smarter than I am. And so it's no different with our scientific model that was created. And in our case, with the scientific model, you know, we hired, um, we, we had the ABA therapist I told you about. We, we also hired a brain integration expert who's an expert on the brain, someone who's been in the field for about 20 years. And so between all three of us, them two, plus me with my background, I've been in the industry for about over about 10 years now. And we all took our knowledge and we combined it and to create this model called the CBSE model. And so, you know, you're familiar with most of the model, you know, anaerobic and aerobic exercises, um, flexibility, endurance, core. Um, but what's unique about our model is the approach we take with the brain. And we do things for the auditory system, the vestibular system, things that you've never seen, things that you've probably never heard before. And we do this in our model. We teach it actually through our educational program and we do it with our clients. And, you know, the thing about the brain is with special needs, I mean, it's really, it's, it's a lot of it is, it's, it's neurological. It all starts in the brain. Even a stroke is, although it's physically manifested, it's really a result of the brain impacting one of the other sides. It's all, it's all in the brain. So yeah, that's the, that's the summary of the model. The idea behind our model is we want to do exercises that rewire the brain to the way that they should be, right? Or to the way that the client responds best to is, is probably the better way of saying it. So maybe that means we do exercises that, um, are, you know, like a top to bottom movement, which is helps with emotional regulation. Maybe that means that client has less meltdowns. And that's a result of, again, the brain 
adapting to the exercises we're doing, which in response, they have less meltdowns, less behavior problems. So that's that's kind of the, 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 the concept behind our model. And that model has been accredited now through over 11 nationally recognized organizations, the training behind that model and everything. And so we've seen a really good response. We just launched it last year. I think we've certified about 220 people, very small right now, but it's getting a really good response. It really is. That's so, I mean, that's so exciting to hear about again, because this is such an underserved population. And I, I really appreciate the fact that you took the time to develop that. And as you're saying that, it's so funny, Daniel, because the more I learn about exercise and the more I learn just about how the body adapts to it, it really comes down to the brain, the nervous system, the hormones, like the endocrine system, the chemicals the body produces. When you started this, when you started on this journey back in 2010, 2011, and, and no offense, you might, you know, I don't mean this in any sense of the word, but, you know, people can't see you on video. I might post this video on YouTube. I'll talk to you about that at the end. But, you know, you go from being a meathead, you know, lifting weights. And we both, that's what I thought about, right? Lifting weights is, yeah, I'm getting big muscles. Did it ever occur to you the role that, that you'd be studying the brain and brain science to learn about designing exercise programs? How was your, I mean, how did that kind of change your approach to, to what we do? Yeah, it changed everything. And the answer is no, I never saw myself studying that. I would have never felt inclined to study that. And so you know, I really, I started learning about it. Um, a lot of it, I started learning on my own before I started hiring consultants. I started learning about the concept of the brain and really how the brain can change. Um, you know, neuroplasticity is the terminology for it. That was a new term for me. And remember, I, I've been in the medical field with my diagnosis at the age of four. I've, I've seen many doctors. And even to this day, I still see doctors to help regulate my moods, um, which is also a result of things that have happened from, from very early. So I've always been inclined to, to learn about the brain, but I didn't start until my, my later years after I got certified. And it's, it's amazing what the brain is capable of doing. And I've even I've recently read a book on, on just stories um, from people who have had recovered brains, people that couldn't talk people that couldn't walk after a brain injury and how they were healed of these things. It's amazing, the power of the brain. So did I ever see myself uh, using that kind of education? Not at all. Never would have thought about it. Didn't even know that it was a, it could be used in the fitness arena. And uh, boy, was I wrong. And I'm glad I found out about it when I did. Well, I just think it's funny. I have this image because, you know, you think a guy's getting out of their car on a Monday, you know, Monday's chest day. I'm going to go bang. Did you ever think that, you know, I'm going to walk into the doors of the gym and today's going to be brain day? You know, today's going to be neuroplasticity day. <laughs> you know, you think about kind of the traditional gym model, but yet it really is the brain that drives all movement and everything in the body. And I really think that's what's so powerful, right? Is if you're working with people with special needs that have cognitive challenges, the exercise stimulates, you know, the, the BDNF, the protein that helps grow, that helps grow new brain cells and helps connect to new brain wiring. It really is powerful. And is that, I mean, is that why you think you've seen some remarkable successes is the fact that it's not just treating, you're not just going after the muscles, but you're kind of taking this holistic approach that includes the brain as well as, as, as what we see and what we normally think of with exercise. Yeah, I think there's so many components that go into it. I certainly think that a brain is a huge component of it. I think it's probably, it all probably goes back to the brain in some ways. And there's just different ways that we target the brain. You know, one of them is through exercise, you know, but really um, it really comes down also to the right people, because if you can get the right people 
um, on your team that really care about clients, when you pair that right person with the right client, there is just something very special that happens. And, and, and again, a lot of it goes back to the words that they speak over them, the way they treat the client. And it may not even be an exercise at this point. It may just be that trainer encouraging them in a way that they've never felt encouraged. It's, it's very different being encouraged by your parents because that's what they're supposed to do, right? That's what, they, that's what they're there for. But when somebody else who hardly knows you is pointing out your strengths and they're, they're saying, I like this, I like that, that does something. And I couldn't tell you what it's doing in the brain, maybe helping with dopamine. If we want to get, you know, neurotransmitters, it's probably a dopamine maybe, but either way it's doing something in the brain and it's changing them in that way too. So there's, there's many different moving parts. There's the, the exercise movement part. There's just the, the, the words that we're speaking to them and all of that together. Um, really what it does is it allows them to live a more abundant life. And that's the mission of our company is to, empower them with the strength and confidence to live a more independent and abundant life. And that, man, that, that is so cool to see how you're, you're putting that all together. And it really is, you know, to see this, what's the response, you know, well, sorry, I'm gonna, I, I had a question in my mind and for, for listeners, you know how that happens. You're like, okay, I got the, yeah, I got the perfect thing. And, and all of a sudden boop, it goes out. But, but I guess what I wanted to ask you now, and I don't know, I'm sure there's not a specific way to answer this because every person you work with, every individual Every person, normal or, or otherwise, is different. But the, the question I have is, is there one type of exercise that seems to work with a, you know, like maybe an autistic population versus a population with, with, uh, with Down syndrome? Is there like different types? Do, do some populations work better with strength training while somebody with a different type of, of need might respond better to like mobility or cardio training? Or is it just every person has a different response? Yeah, you know, Every person truly has a different response. You know, autism is so complex. You know, if you really look at a thousand people who have autism, you're going to see a thousand different personalities, a thousand different, you know, places on the spectrum. You just can't, it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost wrong to, to classify them as just autism because autism includes so many different things. So to answer your question, the answer is no. Um, there's no. There's no one exercise that works. Um, you know, I love. I love uh, one of my favorite movements to do with my clients, and I, I can do that. I can do this with some of them, not all. Um, is the bird dog, um, also known as opposite arm, opposite leg reach. There's a lot of brain benefits there. Um, but you know, I was just trying to train a client on that uh, last week, and we're just we're still in the phase where I'm just trying to get them to to have one leg in the tabletop position. I'm just trying to get him to keep one leg in the air for more than five seconds. We've been working on that for a while and he's making progress. But again, it's, it's very different because um, I'm having to start him from a very, very basic level. I'm having to regress the movement quite a bit to get him to a point where he can. You know, um, there's, there's been clients like the squat. Um, I, I'm thinking of one client that Alfredo, it took him a year just to get him to bend his knees and push his hips back. That's a full year of, of, of just doing things over and over, getting him to try and do that. And so I think as a general rule of thumb, um, you know, if I had to say like one exercise that I've seen that kind of works almost with everybody, you know, it's probably, it's a great exercise. There's not like tons of benefits for the brain, but the hip bridge is one of the most universal movements that I've used on my client's I'd say probably 95% can, can do the hip bridge. Again, nothing really helpful in the, from a brain standpoint. 
Uh, but sometimes you just have to start them with something real basic, like the hip bridge, and you just build off of that. It gives them more confidence. Then you can start doing other things. You can make the bridge more complex. You can do a single leg hip bridge. You can put a ball in their hand, have them do a, a ball a ball chest press at the same time as a hip bridge. Now it's a complex brain movement, right? So you have to start somewhere. No, I love that. Even for regular clients, the glute bridge or hip bridge is kind of one of my go-tos because yeah. I think a lot of people need to learn how to use their hips. Absolutely. <laughs> And their glutes more efficiently. Now, getting ready to wrap this up. I mean, I want this is probably going to be one of the most important things, though, that I think you're going to you're going to talk about. I, your website, and obviously with with you know, kind of looking at on um, video, you're a man of faith. And what role does that play in, in your mission and what you what you've decided to do, and and the reason that you have your why? I mean, how does your faith play a role in what you do in your business with Special Strong? Yeah, I love that question. It's definitely my favorite question so far. I'm glad you saved it for the end. And so well, the, the first part is this, this company wouldn't even exist without my faith. You have to remember, I didn't tell you the whole story, but on November 11th, of 2011, that was the day, 11, 11, 11, Veterans Day. That was the day that my mentor, he actually, what he says is he had a vision from God. So he already had the vision. And then when we met, he was just sharing the vision that God had given him for me, which was special needs fitness. And so that's ultimately what created the company. But the, our faith is, is really the number one most important thing of our company is it's how we it's how we make a lot of our decisions. You know, whenever we're hiring someone, we're looking for someone who shares the same core values as we do. Our core values are based on faith from the Bible. And so it doesn't mean we're going to hire someone. It doesn't mean that uh, we wouldn't hire someone who's not a Christian um, or uh, have the same faith as us, but they have to understand that our core values come from the Bible. And so um, they've got to be able to buy into those core values. And so but that's, you know, at the end of the day, the, the biggest, most practical way we demonstrate our faith is it's really simple. And it's just two things. We're just, we, we love God and we, we do that by the way we love people. I mean, it's really simple. You know, it really is. Um, if you say you love God, you better love people really good. And you better love his people and his children because he loves the special needs population a lot. Well, and what's powerful about that, you know, in speaking with you, one of my mentors was Gary Gray years ago. I went through, you know, went through his education program for a year. And Gary is very Christian and very faith-based. And Gary's approach was if we can help the body, if we can help the body move better, we help the person feel better and we help their spirit. You know, he was talking about able people. He's a physical therapist. And he was talking about able people, just about being able to, by moving, by exercising, you're, you're kind of tapping into all the gifts that God gave you. Is that kind of when you say driven by by the faith and driven by the values, is that your approach to it? Because I'm sure that I think sometimes people hear this and they go that kind of makes people kind of maybe be a little bit wary. But in reality, it's like, hey, all you're saying is your your body is a gift from God. All we're trying to do is help you maximize your ability to use it. Yeah, that's that's so well said. I love that quote and so much more uh, better articulated than than how I've said it. You know, and going back to our mission, you know, we want to empower the mind, the body and the spirit. And, you know, the neat thing about what we do is we don't even have to talk about God to see his power do work. <laughs> That's what I love about it. We don't have to be like super Christianese and do all that stuff, although that stuff is great. Uh, you know, I love um, what a, a famous missionary said is preach the gospel always and use words when necessary, because that's what it should be. It shouldn't be a word show. Um, we should just be demonstrating it through our actions. We should be demonstrating when we're doing movements, we should be getting creativity from heaven. That's why, that's why we're doing movements. Like I've never, some of the movements I do and our team does, 
They've never seen it anywhere. They're just getting these downloads from God and God's saying, do this on your client. And, you know, as a result, these clients are getting amazing results. And now we're creating exercises for the entire industry that nobody's ever seen. Okay, that's coming from heaven. Otherwise, somebody else would have already come up with it. But he's giving it to us for this people group. And we believe that through that that prayer, we can we can take what he's giving us and really empower the threefold, the mind, the body and the spirit. And, and will we pray with our clients? Absolutely. I pray with my clients all the time. Um, and my team also, many of them do that as well. But I think really what it comes down to is just, we're just conduits of the, of the Lord. I mean, the Holy Spirit has the power to work through us, no matter what religion the client is. And we just want to move ourselves out of the way to let him work in somebody else. Does that make sense? And that makes absolute sense. And, and I just want to be clear because listeners, don't hear me going to religion a lot. I don't, I mean, sometimes I touch on it. And frankly, I grew up the son of a Lutheran minister. You know, I grew up, you know, going to church every Sunday, being the preacher's kid and doing that. But then I also saw my father get run out of the church, be, you know, just various things going on. And it really is, that's where, you know, I, I believe personally, my belief system is there is a God, there is a higher power. I'm not it. And I kind of leave it at that. You know what I mean? But I, but I truly believe, I, I truly believe to my, the core of my being, Daniel, that you, you know that parable. You know, I grew up. I grew up. A friend of mine had this um, on on the wall of his house. It was, you know, God. You know, it was a man looking to God and saying, "Hey, when I look back at my life and I see that the time of my biggest difficulties, there's only one set of uh, footprints. God, why did you forsake me during the difficult times?" And of course, the response from God is, "No, my son, I didn't forsake you. I was carrying you." And that, to me, is how I hold. You know, is how I hold the faith. And so, when I see somebody like you doing your work, I truly believe that when we work together, you know, when you and I work together, we work together in a group, that that's God acting through us to other people. So that person is how I, you know, I just want to, you know, kind of give a little bit of a background there because I don't want to just dump in because I don't normally go into religion. <laughs> so I just want to let, let listeners understand that I fully believe that any faith has value, that, that we all believe. And what I love, though, I love working with people that are strong in their faith, whatever that faith may be. Because I find that they do put principles first and you can work with them in a certain way. And, and just a second, I want to, I, I saved this for one of my mentors. I pulled it up. I, I took a, a screenshot of this. This is, uh, we're recording this on August 14th. And this is from Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, tweeted this out today. And, and his, you do know who he is? He's like that astrophysicist. Mm -hmm. he, he's, yeah, anyway, he's, he's a smart science dude. And he said, his tweet today is, since the universe has no center, you can't be it. Yeah, that's so good which I think kind of sums it up. And he's a scientist, right? And so with this, you know, I, I, I just love the fact that here you are, Daniel, you, you took what a lot of people could have perceived as a weakness in your life and you flipped it around and created a strength. And here you are creating a program to work with others that need that assistance. How can people get more information about what you're doing, whether it's an education program, whether it's a franchise program, or if, if people have, you know, if somebody listening may have a relative with special needs and they want to find out, of your, you know, you've certified more than 200 people, you know, how can, do, do you have like a locator for, for people that have gone through your education? Yeah. So the best way to find out more information is just visit specialstrong.com. You can find out about um, our local programs, franchise locations, and then you can also find our certification program. And then once you, we do have a database of people who have been certified and uh, because we're, we don't want to be responsible for vetting and background checking, uh, we don't have actual contact information for those trainers. Uh, a lot of that is for liability and legal reasons. We don't do that. We were advised legally not to do that. 
So, um, you know, for somebody looking for services in their area, the encouragement is, you know, because of the amount of interest that we've had in the franchise, we're going to be expanding quickly. Um, I mean, like I said, I want it to be a gradual incline, but there's going to become a point when the system has been tested and it's working really well. And that, and that's the point where it'll really take off, really take off good. So for, yeah, for those people that are looking for that, um, I recommend that. And, and like I said, for legal reasons, I can't actually recommend a trainer that I've never met before. This is all online, right? My certification online. So um, all I have is their picture, a picture and a bio. And I can't, I'm not going to put my name on somebody recommending that. I can't do it. That's interesting, huh? I, I, you know, cause for years I worked for the American council and exercise and we, we had a personal trainer locator for people who had gone through the program. And I know other organizations do that as well, but I really, I, I can respect that, especially, but working with your clientele, you probably have to ranch ramp up the, the liability because it's such a at risk because not only are special needs, people have different needs, but they're also population, Daniel. Is it is it true that this population is taken advantage of quite often? Yeah, it's. I don't even want. It's very sad. I don't even want to go into the stats. It's horrible. Um, yeah. Sexual harassment, all of it. The bullying. It's very nasty. And if I was if I was certifying people who weren't working with special needs, I'd get them a database and I'd put all their contact info. info. The only reason I don't is because of the population that we work with. And again, it's all, it all goes back to our name and our brand too. And so the quickest way to destroy that is a trainer who got certified through us, all of a sudden something happens with somebody else. And, you know, like another thing, a lot of these trainers want to train clients in home and we're not okay with that. Um, we don't, mm-hmm. as a company, we don't endorse that. We think it's a huge liability um, for the comp- the person, the trainer and for the client and the parents leave the house and who knows what the heck is going on between the kid and the trainer and a lot of these trainers we're certifying, they want to do in-home training and we don't support it. We don't. I mean, I can't control what they do, uh, but we don't support that. And that's another reason why we're not going to uh, list them in the database with their contact info, because I'm, I'm not going to ever get behind that. Yeah, it's funny. You said that about in-home. And I just think of this population, my, the hair in the back of my neck went up because I just, as, a li- as somebody who understands liability in our industry, that makes me nervous. And as a parent, I would much rather, and, and, and I am very fortunate that, that my kids you know, tend to, so far they seem to be okay, but I would want, I would want to try to get my kid out. I would want to try, and I might be wrong in this, but I would want to try to get my kid out and try to have them be in, in a mainstream area with other people and around other people. And, and so they feel part of, right. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with this population is we tend to isolate them instead of trying to get our arms around them and include them. How powerful it will wrap up with this, Daniel, how powerful is it when, when, one of your clients comes into the gym and they recognize the front desk person and, and they recognize the other people in the gym. I mean, do you see that type of support network building around the people you work with? Absolutely. It is unbelievable. I mean, I just think about my own clients and I know my team can say the same thing, but you know, the clients will come into the gym and all, most of the members who are regulars, they'll all come up to whoever the client is, give them a fist bump, give them a high five, and they love it. I mean, it's it is so inspiring to them. And again, they're being treated like they're normal, and that's how they should be treated because they that's what they deserve to be treated as is one hundred percent normal. Talk to them like I'm talking to you. That's how I talk to all of my clients. I treat them with respect, and I don't. I talk to them respectfully, and you know, it's that that's the members do the same thing, and that's the culture we're going to have when we have our own gym. We're going to have the same culture. Pete, that's why we need you at the gym. We can't just have it all special needs. We've got to have some people like you in there to give give our clients a big fist bump, a big hug, 
They need that. They really have to have that support from the community. And that's why we're going to cater to you. We're going to have the hundred pound dumbbells for you. Don't worry. And we're going to, and we're going to cater to the other, the people that have the special needs too. So I am really looking forward to that. And Daniel, you, you said you have a YouTube channel and you have social media. Is it special strong? Because I would love, I'm going to link to one or two of the videos below because it really is powerful, man. And, and it's very rare that somebody in fitness causes me to tear up, but you've done it to me one or two times by speaking with you today and by watching one or two of your videos. So kudos to you for that, you know, but how can, how can people see videos of some of the, the progress and remarkable outcomes that you've had with some of your clients? Yeah. So we do have a YouTube channel. It's just special strong, but Instagram, we're, we're we do a lot of videos on Instagram. So we're just stopping. Uh, we're just the at sign then special strong. It's pretty easy to find us. And we have probably at least a hundred videos that will just inspire you like crazy and it'll make you want to go work out. I promise. Hey man, it just, just this conversation does it. Well, Daniel Stein, the founder of special strong. I really appreciate your time today. And more importantly, man, I really appreciate what you're doing in our industry, dude, because you really are. I mean, somebody who's been around the world and, and worked in this industry from all different levels. It really, when, when I saw what you're doing, it just, it struck, you know, it's like a lightning bolt struck me and said, you know what, this is a guy I need to pay attention to and a guy I need to follow. Cause you're going to be, you're going to be doing some great things, man. So I'm really, I'm really glad to have this opportunity to meet you. I really appreciate that. And um, you asked some really good questions, questions that I don't get asked a lot. So um, I really appreciate how you, how you run your podcast. So you do a very good job. Okay. Admit it. You probably teared up one or two times listening to that as well. I mean, I just, in thinking about this population, and again, I don't have any particular connection with, with people with special needs other than I know it can be a challenge to deal with them. I, I have, I've had friends and you know colleagues who, who have autistic, autistic kids or who have to deal with that. And, and my heart goes out to them because it just is, it's, it's a different experience. You know, I, I, that's all I can say about that. And it really is. That's why I wanted to have Daniel on the show. And, and you heard me talk about sometimes I get these PR pitches from people, do this, do that. And, and Daniel didn't pitch me. He introduced himself and said, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And real quick, you know, I want to go and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, but I am going to give you a pitch. If you want to learn more about exercise, pick up a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. And I have a link down below in the show notes. If you look down below in the show notes, there's a link to it. It goes direct to the publisher. Uh, there are other ways to buy books online, but if you go through large, you know, go through large booksellers, online booksellers, they give you steep discount, which comes out of the content producers, comes out of the author's pocket. So if you do pick up a, a copy of Smarter Workouts, do me a favor, buy it from the publisher, Human Kinetics. But it'll teach you how to design exercise programs that you can do on your own. I also have workout programs available for you, a dumbbell program, a kettlebell program. And I have, if you want to learn about how to use your glutes, I have an education program called Glute Reboot. I have core training. I have soon to be, and this is really exciting, guys. I have soon to be, it's exercise programming for the fountain of youth. That's how to use exercise to slow down the aging process. All that's below in the show notes. If you want to support the podcast, that's how I'm asking you to support that. Now, let me get back to the wrap-up. And I want to talk about this specifically because I don't talk about this subject much on the podcast because it can be so, so touchy. And no, I'm not going to talk politics. Instead, I'm going to go with the other, with the other third rail of, of American conversation, and that's religion. To me, in my, in my point of view, in my perspective, religion is something that, that we should each practice on our own. 
some of the people I have the greatest respect for in my life, people that have been mentors to me, people that I've really looked up to, have been people of faith. And, and, there's, and I know there's no accident in that because I know, you know people of faith are guided by certain principles. And I don't care if you're Christian. I don't care if you're Muslim. I don't care if you're Jewish. I don't care if you're Hindu. I don't care if you're Buddhist. I really don't. You know, having faith in, in, in something else, I don't know. There's, there's always something powerful about that, right? And I mean it. I mean when I said to Daniel. I mean, I grew up, you know, my father was a Lutheran minister. And, and I did see my father get run out of the church. So I know, you know, churches are run by people and people are not perfect. You know, but what I do strongly believe, and, and while I may not be a practicing Christian, I do strongly believe that there is a God and there is a higher power. And that I don't understand it. And I love the fact that today... That, guy, that quote came out from Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is an astrophysicist, and it says, there is no center of the universe, especially not you. Because that's the worldview I take. And I find that when I meet people like Daniel, who, and what, I, what I've found, though, the people that who, who impress me the most, the people of faith, and again, whatever that faith may be, who impress me the most, don't really tell, tell you about it. Don't really wear it on their sleeve. They don't walk around talking about being a Christian. Because in my experience, and I didn't use this, but you know, Daniel's from Texas, and there's a saying, are you the same man on Saturday night as you are in church on Sunday? And in my experience, the people who talk loudly about being Christian don't live up to that ideal. They are not the same person on Saturday night as they are when they're sitting in the pews on Sunday. Also in my experience, and this is only my experience, I have found that the people who don't talk much about their faith, but who live it, who, who practice it and apply it, those are the people that have the strongest faith and those are the people who I find are some of the strongest leaders and, and most capable people that are just doing amazing things. And when I looked on the website and I saw how Daniel's, you know, Daniel's website does talk about how they are a Christian organization, they place Christian values first, I interpreted that to mean exactly what we talked about, that you're going you're gonna to put service first, service to others you know, that, that's one of the things that we can do. You know, if you look around and, and you're, you're saying, hey, you know, this is crazy right now. It's a crazy time. You know, service to others really does, does a lot to change the way you feel, to change what you're doing and change what you're looking at. I look at having this conversation with Daniel and being able to promote what he's doing with Special Strong as my service to him. I, I have an opportunity here to, to share his message with you and to share what he's doing, his mission with you. And I really appreciate your listening. I, I appreciate your listening to every episode of All About Fitness. I really do. And an episode like this is so important to me because this is such an underserved community in our industry. And it's funny, I didn't even realize that, right? I didn't even realize that until, until I started, you know, connected with Daniel and I started paying attention to what he's doing. And it really occurred to me that, and I see, I know, like I said, I have friends that deal with kids with special needs. And I'm like, you know what? That's right. You know, I think back to Jeremy, and I think back to, to the kid that you know followed our football team around. That kid lit up because he was a part of. Jeremy was a part of the team. He didn't put on the helmet. He didn't put on pads. He didn't run on the field. But the team embraced him, and there was such a remarkable difference in the person that he was. And that, to me, is why I wanted to have Daniel on, on and have this conversation. Hopefully you got something out of this. And if you teared up, I apologize. I don't apologize. No, if you teared up, you're human. You have emotion. You may not have, have a person with special needs in your immediate life, but you can connect and you can empathize with people that do. And think, think about that. Carry that out into whatever else you do today. 
think about how, how you can serve somebody else, how you can serve somebody else that maybe just needs an extra hand, that maybe needs maybe an extra moment of patience, you know, maybe a little bit of your patience. You know, if we do that, I think we can make some significant changes in everything that we might be dealing with in our society and in our country at large. With that, if you, if you want to connect with me, please reach out to me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. One request, if you send me an email, do not begin with, hey, that's nails on my chalkboard. The way you write a letter, the way you send an email is beginning with dear. <laughs> dear sir, dear whatever. You want to say dear Pete, I am fine with that. You want to say Pete, eh, just, I, I, ugh, I can't tell you how, how much I abhor, hey Pete, when you and I have never met. If you and I are friends and we've met before, no problem with it. No problem. But if we've never met, use the proper greeting. Okay, that aside, yeah, reach out to me, Pete, at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Hey, and if you want to follow me on Instagram, I try to post interesting content up there, interesting fitness content. That's Pete McCall underscore fitness. That's Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. And if you want some great insights into exercises and workout programs that you can be doing, or if you want to learn a little bit more about how exercise can enhance your quality of life, I'm putting up a lot of content on my YouTube channel that does not cost you anything. That's the All About Fitness Podcast YouTube channel. That's the All About Fitness Podcast YouTube channel. So really, guys, I I appreciate your listening. Every time I say this, I truly mean it. Thank you for stopping by. I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.